Previously on Wove Inspiration. We need to go back to our first love. And our first love should be God. Our first love should be the, the, the time that you spend with God, the quality time that you spend with God in any relationship that you have. This is Wove Inspiration. Here to inspire, encourage, and uplift. Welcome to Wove Inspiration's Monday Morning Motivation. I am your host, Althea Richardson, and today's special guest is Dr. Naima Johnston-Bush, an anointed singer, songwriter, worship leader, author, and speaker, Dr. Naima Johnston-Bush uses her artistic gifts to encourage her audience to live a life of exuberant joy, powerful prayer, and sincere gratitude while sharing practical life lessons to assist them in living their lives in the center of God's will. With a powerful testimony of overcoming low self-esteem, food addiction, broken relationships, and now facing a challenging medical diagnosis, Naima has chosen to embrace life fully with a joyful heart, a thankful spirit, and rooted in prayer. Her greatest desire is to teach others to do the same. It is both an honor and a privilege to introduce to my listening audience, Dr. Naima Johnston Bush. How you doing, Naima? I am blessed. Thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome. So I need you to tell me more about Naima's Refreshing Life Ministry. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, you know, when I originally started in ministry, which was quite some time ago, uh, back in 2002, mm -hmm. um, my ministry was based out of uh, Luke 7, 36. Uh, the woman with the alabaster box. Okay. And it was called Broken Box Ministries. And it was all about my desire to live my life, you know, this life that had been broken through all of the things that I had been through as an offering unto the Lord and to pour it out, you know, and give it back to the world as a gift to him. Okay. But in 20, gosh, you know, time starts to meld together these days yeah. <laughs> back in 20 the end of 2015 I started to feel really really sick and um it wasn't it was re a really strange kind of a sick like I was really tired and I could barely walk from my car like I would park at the grocery store and I could barely walk from my car to the grocery store door I mean and that's not a far walk I mean mm -hmm. it was just it was really bad and I had been diet uh, diagnosed at that point with diabetes and um, high blood pressure. And nobody thought, none of the doctors, none of the medical personnel that I was seeing thought to check my liver enzymes. Hmm. What wound up happening was February of 2016, I had the busiest months I'd ever had. There were, it was a leap year, I believe, and it was like 29 days. And I had 29 days in the month and I probably had like 20 
seven events in that 29 period. And wow. they were everywhere from Fort Lauderdale, Florida to Lake Charles, Louisiana. I mean, we were crisscrossing the country and I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And it got to the point where we would get to the place where I needed to minister and my husband would get me there. He'd kind of prop me up and mm-hmm. I would do what I needed to do. And then I'd go back to the hotel and I would just get fall out like in the bed I couldn't eat anything I couldn't hold anything down um my stomach was always upset I was always nauseous and um March was like March maybe 7th I woke up and my entire abdomen had swollen up and was hard as a rock and I was like maybe I'm pregnant which you know um that was a desire we had been married at that point up to six we'd been married about six years and we had been struggling, you know, with infertility. And so that was my first thought, you know, that sounds like a reason to be tired and to be, you know, throwing up all the time. And, Mm -hmm. but it didn't feel right. So we went to the emergency room and uh, they took a CAT scan. And what they told me was I had non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver and they were baffled. Yes. They were baffled because People who get non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver are usually in their late 60s, early 70s. It's not something that you see in, you know, 40-year-olds. And I was in my mid-40s, early 40s. And so they were like, you know, this is really odd. And uh, (laughs) it was just a terrible, it was a terrible experience. We didn't have any health insurance at the time. And I had to stay in the hospital for four days because I had this potassium deficiency. Mm -hmm. um, The medication I had been on had leached all the potassium out of my body. My hair fell out. All I had been, you know, I had natural, but I had cut it. It had grown. It was healthy. It was all long. And then all my hair fell out. Um, And I had this crazy doctor and he was like, your liver is dead. That's how he, you know, that's that's the way he gave me the diagnosis. Yeah. And I was like, the devil is a lie, because I might not be a medical doctor, but I know enough to know (laughs) if my liver was dead, I would not be alive. So you crazy. And, uh, but I wound up staying in the hospital for four days and um, they finally released me. And the doctor who was treating me told me that, you know, he wouldn't see me because I didn't have insurance. And that was fine because I didn't like him anyway. And I wouldn't have went to him. Exactly. After you try to pronounce all that death over my life, I was like, uh-uh, you're not the one, boo-boo. Right. And so um, we wound up in in the 30 days. It took us 60 days to get insurance because come to find out, we had just recently moved and become Florida residents. So we were then eligible for Obamacare and we were able to get on at that point. And what happened was it took 60 days to go to the doctor and my medication from the emergency room ran out after 30 days and I was like what am I gonna do what am I I'm not I don't have my medicine and my mother had come because I wound up spending five months laid out on the couch just laid out on the couch trying to recover and my mother had come to help take care of me while my husband was at work and she came in there and I got a praying mama she came in there with a prayer and a plan Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was like, this is what we're going to do. And she had done all this research, all these herbs. She had me taking all these like, natural health supplements and 
she was in the kitchen concocting these like smoothies and just you know she's like you need to eat some beets and you need to eat this and you need to eat that and did you know the liver can regenerate itself and she's just going on and on and on and she's praying and she's anointing me and she's just doing all this stuff and I ran out of medicine we went for 30 days and I finally got in to see the doctor and by the time I had got in to see the doctor I had lost at that point probably about 50 pounds (laughs) 50 pounds. And I am not ashamed to tell people I was close to at that point, 360 pounds. So I lost like 50 pounds and, um, my diabetes was gone and my high blood pressure was gone. My God. And so they took me off of all of that medicine. My liver enzymes had stabilized. Mm. Um, they were still high, but I was able, I was getting better. And so I was able to walk again and I was able to work out. And then um, she, she put me on um, like some water pills because sometimes with your liver, you have problems right. raining and I'm I'm getting somewhere. I know this is a long story, but I have no, to get no, the back no, no. so that it, it, yes. it makes sense. Um, so I, um, when I finally got to the specialist, which took another couple months because we had to get a referral and all this stuff. Then I had to drive 50 miles. So by the time I got to the specialist, she was like, you know, um, I'm looking at your test results. Your liver enzymes are high, but they're not the worst I've ever seen. She's like, at this point in time, there's nothing we can do, but watch it. And I was like, what? She was like, there's no medication I can give you. There's nothing to do, but watch your liver. She's like, a liver can last two months. Two years, the last eight years. She said, I don't know, but we, you know, we can't put you on the transplant list right now. Are you interested in the transplant? I was like, if I need a transplant, I said, but I don't believe I'm going to need a transplant. She's like, well, yeah. definitely, let, you know, be praying about this. And she had this wonderful nurse who every time she'd call me, she would pray for me. And, and that was it. She, she kicked me out of the office and was like, I'll see you next year. There's nothing I can do. If you start to wow. feel sick again, you know, give me a call. And, um, that time that I was laying on the couch, I when you're laying on the couch and your whole life is flashing before your eyes, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you're in the silence of the moment, the only thing you can do is call on the Lord. The mm-hmm. only thing you can do is talk to the Lord. And the only thing that you can do is listen, listen for his voice, you know, because I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand. I was like, you know, Lord, I'm trying my best to serve you. I've traveled this world. You know, I've I've done a lot of things I know that I shouldn't have. And I should have taken better care of my body while I was on the road. I understand that. But, you know, they don't even understand why, you know, this thing is going on with my liver. I was like, and now maybe I'm going to need a transplant. What? I just don't understand. And the Lord began to speak to me. And what he began to speak to me was that I needed to learn to have joy on the journey, Mm. that joy and happiness were not the same thing, that happiness was based on circumstance, but joy was found in him and in knowing that he would make all things right in his time. Amen. And as I began to sit there and ponder that, I began to think about all of the things that I had done and I had not enjoyed it. I thought about all the places I had traveled and it was just like, okay, you know, we're going to uh, Wisconsin and I have to sing and we're going to get in there. We're going to sing 
And, you know, then I have to go over here and do this and I have to do this and I have to do that. And we never really stopped and enjoyed the pool or sometimes, but, but not, not often. We never really explored where we were. It was always like, we're going here, we're going there. We got to do this. We got to do that. I was so busy working that I forgot not, I didn't forget to worship, but I forgot to enjoy the blessing yes. of being in the service of the Lord. And I was like, how did I miss this? You know, I was in this battle. I was struggling with infertility and mm-hmm. all of my friends were having children and children who people I had worked with in the youth group were having, like my kids, I would call them my kids. You know, when I used to work in the youth group, they were getting married and having children. My friends were having grandchildren. And I was like, you know, Lord, why can't I, you did it for Sarah. You did it for Elizabeth. Why can't, you know, you do it for me. And it dawned on me, you know, I could be sitting here crying about the fact that, okay, I don't have any children and the doctors have told me that, you know, it's not possible, but you know, God has the final say regardless in that situation. But, but how many people at this age, the age I'm at still have both their mother, their Mm -hmm. father and their grandmother. I was like, I have so, I, I can't, I'm so, I was so busy looking at what I didn't have, you know, that I forgot yeah. to look at what I had and yes. to appreciate what I had and to, to take joy in, in the blessings. You know, one of the things that I have um, that I know a lot of people don't have is I have a, a miraculous, wonderful, beautiful marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was 39 when I got married. So I, I, I waited a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But how often did I take that for granted? You know, if I don't know anything else, I know my husband loves me. Amen. I, he makes that quite plain. And so while I was sitting on the couch, all of these things began to come to my mind. And the Lord was like, you know how many people are li- just living? They don't live with joy. They yeah. live with dread. You know, people need a refreshing life. And that scripture came to mind at that particular time. And I can't remember exactly where it is, but Mm -hmm. it it says, you know, those who refresh others will be refreshed. And that wasn't what I, what I based the ministry name on. It was just like, I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to live a life refreshed in me. And so I said, okay, he's like, it's time to put that broken box down. You've been broken. You've been healed, put it down. And now for however long you have left, I want you to find joy on the journey and I want you to teach others to find joy on the journey. That is what I'm I'm calling you to. And joy on the journey comes from being thankful in all things Yes. and learning to pray in power. Because if you can communicate with your savior in the deepest, most intimate way, you are much more centered and assured of his faithfulness. That's a very long answer to your question. No, no, no. You you really hit a whole lot of good points. And one of the things that uh, that really confirmed something that I had been I had taught the other day about recalibrating yourself and refocusing yourself on God, because we can be so caught up in doing this and that and this and that. And yes, you are doing it as unto the Lord, but then there has got to be a time where you have to stop. And like you said, refresh yourself and refresh the relationship that you have with God and and spend that quality time with him so that he can rejuvenate 
your joy and you'll be more effective with your ministry that God has given you. So you basically yeah. confirmed what I taught the other day about recalibrating your relationship with God because we have a tendency to want to um, put everything else before the, the intimacy time with God. And right. we have to remember right. to keep God first and foremost in our life before we can accomplish all of the other stuff that he wants us to do. When we have him right. first in our lives, then we're able to go forward full force under not our energy, but the energy of the Holy Spirit. So that girl Amen. powerful. So you Amen. are now um, with your ministry, you use music and uh, faith-based education to encourage women. So can you give me a little bit more information on that? Well, yeah, I can. Um, actually, I I started out as a worship leader and okay. I'm a songwriter and I record. And so I do a lot of concerts and guest worship leading and um, recording. And I do a lot of singing. Like right now in our Facebook group, we're doing seven days of, of summer songs. And so we're doing seven days of, you know, praise and worship. So I'm coming on every day and sharing a song of encouragement. And so okay. Um, that, that really is my primary love. First and foremost, it is to write a song and then share the story of that song. Because I, I try, I try never to write in a, in a vacuum, like, you know, oh, I, I think I need to write a song about how great God is. And so I sit down and I try to write this song. It's more like, I had this situation happen to me. Mm -hmm. And because I had this situation happen to me, I wrote this song. Yeah, yeah. For instance, on my last album, The Deeper Project, I wrote this song called Despite Of. And it was because I was, <laughs> I was like trying to pray and I kept hearing all these little voices. Now, I don't mean like, you know, like voices, like woo-hoo voices, right, right. even though I, I believe the enemy speaks, but no, I mean like I was talking to myself and, you know, I was talking, trying to talk myself out of what I was what I was praying for on one end, oh, he don't hear you. And then yeah. on the other hand, it was, oh, you know, you need to get up cause, and stop praying because you need to go do such and such and such. And you need to <laughs> call such and such and such. And all this stuff is rolling and scrolling through my mind. And I was like, you know, Lord, how do you love us despite how shallow we can be sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, how, how short, you know, we fall. Um, and so I wrote this whole song about that he loves us despite of, despite the maddening little voices that we listen to. He loves us despite those things. And so first and foremost, you know, I, I do music. So I travel around and, you know, do women's conferences. And then I speak and minister. I'm mm -hmm. ordained minister. And so, you know, I preach on Sunday services. I preach for women's events and I teach um, for conferences. And I I really have a desire to see people achieve their God-given dreams because I think, I know, it isn't even that I think, I know that one of the reasons why people don't live a life of joy is because they don't pursue their God-given dreams. God mm -hmm. has given them a dream. And it's so funny because when you, when you said that about recalibrate, I thought to myself, one of the reasons why we have a hard time recalibrating is because we don't spend enough time in prayer. And I think sometimes 
we don't spend enough time in prayer because we're afraid of what we're going to hear. Yes. We're afraid. If we really get intimate with the Lord, we're afraid what he's going to tell us, you know, and it may be something that we don't want to hear. We don't want to do. And I think so often we have these dreams and we talk ourselves out of these dreams. You know, I'm too old. It's too late. I don't have the money. We go on and on and on and on. But how can you live a life of joy if you never pursue the passions and the purpose that God has placed deep down inside of you? Mm-hmm. And so um, how do you how do you figure that out when you when you do think you're too old or it's too late? You, you have to get in prayer and find the answers to that. So it, I do a lot of educational classes and trainings on prayer and learning to hear the voice of God and on ministry development and dream development. How do you start a ministry when you have no money? I mean, there is a, there is a supernatural way that the Lord will move, but the practical, you have to know the practical so that it can be empowered by the supernatural because there are practical steps you have to take. So that's, that's really what the refreshing life does. And then, you know, I'm an author, so I've written several books and I've got a prayer journal and that I've put out. And so that's really the work that I do. I, I sing and travel and minister and then teach educationally. Yeah, so, that, yeah. that is I'm awesome. Busy. <laughs> yes, you are very, very busy. Yeah, one of the videos I happened to see was a, a snippet of your, um, I think it was a um, maybe a singles ministry uh, conference that you were uh, talking about. And and I love the way that you you talk to women based on truth, experience, but a whole lot of truth in that you're going to have times where, you know, you're going to feel like, oh, I don't need no band and I don't need this and I don't need that. And I can can do all, I can do that all by myself and blah, blah, blah and all that. But then in the back of your mind, of course, it's like, but I do want somebody in my life. So kind of share a little bit more about that. Cause I know I have some single friends and single ladies that are listening to this podcast. As well. <laughs> you know, that is, that is so funny. That actually is from a book that I wrote called, <laughs> and when I say the name, people are always like, what? But the name of the book is lessons from the back seat or how I learned to be a wife. And I know that sounds really scandalous, <laughs> but the, the title came from the fact that for so many years, you know, I worked in ministry mm-hmm. and I was the only single person. So like when I worked in the youth, I was the only single woman. And so the married couples would always be like, oh, don't take your car. Just drive with us. Just get in the back seat." You know, when we were going off to do events and, mm-hmm. you know, different places and hanging out and taking the kids on trips and stuff, conferences. And so I sit in the back seat. Well, you know, you sit in the back seat long enough and people forget you are back there. Right. <laughs> And then right. they start to act like they would really ask. So <laughs> I sat in the back seat for like six, seven years, and I learned a lot about things that I should do and things that I shouldn't do. Yeah. And one of those things was what I like to call the stages of singleness, where you, you go through these stages, at least I went through these stages, where, you know, you first get saved, and you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and you're like, any day now he's coming, and then he doesn't come. I mean, for some people he comes, but for some people he doesn't come. And you sitting there, you drumming your fingers, and you're like, okay, you know, I got a little more developing I have to do. It's all good. And then, you know, a couple years pass, and you're like, okay, Lord, my friends are getting married. What's what's mm-hmm. going on? I'm still okay. 
he's coming any day, but you know, whenever you want. And then you get to that point where you're like, you know, like the third stage is like, whatever. I've been single so long. Yeah. He ain't coming. I don't care. I don't need a man. Da, 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 da. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's just like, whatever. And then the last stage <laughs> that, I, I, that I got to was the stage where I got to the point where I surrendered. And what I told the Lord was, I said, you know what? I said, I really would like to be married, but I'm about to be 40 and it's not looking good for the home team. And that's how I talk to the Lord. That's just me. (laughs) I mean, I have my moments of very serious intimacy and reverence, but as I'm walking around my daily life, that's how I talk to him. I was like, it's not looking good for the home team. I said, now I need you to know, because you said you desire truth from the inward part that I don't like it. I don't like the thought that I might be single for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It kind of stinks. But I have to say that I trust you, even if I don't understand you. Yes. And if I trust you, I have to know that what you do for me or not do for me is for my best interest. Amen. So if you say I'm not supposed to get married, then you know, then I, that I'm not supposed to get married and, and that's what's best for me. Because right. people always tell you, you know, oh, you got to be content. You got to be content on your own. When you get content, that's when he comes. And I don't <laughs> think that's true. I think it's when you surrender, that's right. when he comes. Because I promise you, I, I told the Lord, I said, I am not content. I don't like it. But I say, I trust you. And I left it alone. I promise you, it couldn't have been six months later that I met my husband. Mm-hmm. I met him like that was in the spring. I met him like in that October. We were dating in February and we were married by the following September. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was it was miraculous. It was so unlike I didn't even see it on my radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually how he does it, too yeah yeah that is amazing yeah. that is amazing so what upcoming events do you have uh because I, I know your schedule is like mad crazy but what what <laughs> events do you have coming up on your calendar <laughs> well I actually am pretty free uh well I have I have an event in New York in okay. two weeks Um, it's called Wow Women of Worth and a friend of mine, Deb Valentine runs a ministry out in Long Island. So I will be out there singing and ministering. Um, and then, you know, most of August I'm off, which is good because my husband is a principal and that's when they go back to school here in Louisiana. Um, but I am singing at an event in Dallas at the end of August. Um, I sing at this church, this phenomenal church called the Soul Church. If you're in Dallas, you should definitely support them. It is a homeless outreach. And I go down there. They have church at like 8 in the morning. And all of the homeless people come and they feed them breakfast. And they have guest artists come in and do like an hour's worth of music and worship. And then in September, between September and like... Yeah, September is just like a madhouse. I have a number of things going on. I'm going to be speaking at um, the Be Made Whole Conference in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Um, I'll be singing at um, 
Coffee House, Christian Coffee House in Battle Creek, Michigan. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Yeah, I'm, I'm crisscrossing the country. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm gonna be in Chicago. I'm gonna be in Ohio. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm real busy. Okay. <laughs> so, how can people reach you? Well, you know, the best way to reach me would just be to come to the website and hit the contact page. Okay. And the website is www ministry m-i-n-i-s-t-r-y so ministry of naima n-a-i-m-a dot com and if they just go there and hit the contact people can can meet me there but you know the the best way if, if you'd like to be active with our refreshing life group we have a group on facebook um small group we have probably you know about 460 women okay. we got a sprinkling of men you know and we're all on this wild journey to joy and it's um the refreshing you just put in the refreshing facebook group um mm -hmm. or the refreshing with naeem and it'll come up you can request to join but we have a phenomenal time we have guest speakers and we have online concerts in the group and we have classes in the group and we have vending events so you know we have prayer and we just do a number of things just to to really minister to people and help them to live a refreshing life awesome. and, and that's really what we're on a journey to do Yes, and um, on her website as well are her CDs, all of her books, all of her training material. So definitely go to her website and get all of the information you can from her because she has some awesome music out there as well, especially with her newest CD entitled The Deeper Project. So definitely go to her website and check out her music and her books. So do you have any last words for our listening audience? Well, I actually, if you have, um, if people have the ability to comment after they've listened, mm -hmm. um, do they have the ability to comment to you after um, they've listened? Yeah, they might, they can actually comment if they have the uh, Anchor app. They can leave me a message and I can definitely share that information with you or they can go on the uh, on my Facebook page under Wove Inspiration or go to your Facebook page because I'm going to link okay. the interview with you. Okay, that'd be awesome. But actually what I would like them to do is okay. if they would like a complimentary copy of the CD, if they would go to your Facebook page and just leave a comment of support for the work you're doing oh, and the God. ministry, you know, and, and the, the podcast, um, the first five people who do that, I will send them a complimentary copy of my CD. So go leave a, a comment of support, like the page, the Wove page, if you haven't and support our sister, you know, people who are pursuing their passions and, and giving platform for other people to, to share with the world what they're doing definitely need to be supported. So amen. Amen. I'd really like to do that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you oh, so you're much. Welcome. So I am going to go ahead and end this podcast. Very, very appreciative of your time. And your story is, is awesome. I, oh, my goodness. And you know what? We're going to have to talk off the air because we got a whole lot of stories in common, apparently, with Amen. single life and everything. And I'm really hoping <laughs> that you and I can actually do like a tag team thing in a women's conference very soon. Oh, that would be awesome. I would love that. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
If you'd like to follow us, we are on Facebook at W-O-V-E Inspiration, as well as Instagram, W-O-V-E 2005. You can also leave us a comment, question, or if you would like to be a guest on this show, you can contact me at W-O-V-E 2005 at yahoo.com. This is Althea Richardson. I hope you guys have an awesome day and keep moving forward.